from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang, from beautiful Miami, Florida. Um, not ideal, but nonetheless, I, I, you know, I'm here at S4 Miami. I'll be talking about that later on the show. Good morning, February 15th, 2023. I hope everyone had a magnificent, amazing Valentine's Day or what today's nickname, Singles Awareness Day. So either or, I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful time uh, yesterday. Um, I spent yesterday at S4 Miami. I'm spending the rest of the day today in S4 Miami, uh, an ICS conference here. Uh, uh, absolutely mind-boggling uh, the amount of information and smart people I've interacted with over the last 24 hours. Can't wait to share that with y'all on the show today. But we've got a Patch Tuesday recap to get to before we do that and uh, a new brand of malware that we should be paying attention to. So before we do that, though, James, you're traveling. But Miami's known for its coffee, isn't it? There's like nowhere you can go in Miami that doesn't have just amazing coffee. I've got a double espresso right here in my room uh, because I've got an espresso machine literally right there. So with that being said, Coffee Cup Cheers, join me for a fun, fun morning. Coffee Cup Cheers, y'all. Coffee's good. Coffee's good. Matters. It, it, it does matter. A good cup of coffee in the morning sets the tone. Microsoft announced their February patch Tuesday, fixing three exploited zero days and 77 additional flaws. Uh, the patch Tuesday recap had nine vulnerabilities that were classified as critical since they allow remote code execution on vulnerable devices. 12 of them allowed elevation of privileges, vulnerabilities, two security feature bypass vulnerabilities, 38 remote code execution vulnerabilities, eight information disclosure vulnerabilities, 10 denial of service vulnerabilities, and eight spoofing vulnerabilities. This also doesn't count three edge vulnerabilities that were fixed earlier this month. The three zero days fixed were CVE 2023-21823, a Windows graphic component remote code execution vulnerability, which was discovered by Dinesh. Uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, so Dinesh. Please excuse me. I'm not even going to attempt to do it. And uh, Janiwi Yang, um, um, both uh, of Mandy and Microsoft says the remote code execution vulnerability allows attackers to execute commands with system privileges. The security update will be pushed out to users via the Microsoft Store rather than Windows Update. Therefore, for those customers who disabled automatic updates in the Microsoft Store, uh, you'll need to go and enable that. The second zero-day patch was CVE 2023-21715, a Microsoft Publisher Security Feature Bypass Vulnerability, which is discovered by uh, Hide Take Jew of Microsoft. The second zero-days in the Microsoft Publisher allows a specially crafted document to bypass Office macro policies that black untrusted or malicious files. Exploiting this flaw would effectively allow macros in a malicious publisher document to run without first warning the user. The final zero-day patch to CVE 2023 3376. It's a Windows common lock file system driver elevation of privilege vulnerability discovered by the Microsoft Threat Intel Center and Microsoft Security Response Center. The third actively exploited vulnerability allows an attacker who successfully exploited this vulnerability could gain system privileges. Um, we'll get into all the other ones, including Adobe, Apple, uh, Altesian, Cisco, Google, Forterra, and SAP. But the, you can obviously see the whole list and all the links are in the show notes. Go and check that out. We'll move to SAP announcing the release of 26 notes, including 21 new and five updated notes for their patch Tuesday, of which they resolve 54 vulnerabilities, including 22 high severity issues. The five new and updated high priority notes resolve flaws in SAP, start service basis, business objects, and business planning and consolidation. 
the most severe of the new notes resolves a privilege escalation issue and start service known as CVE 2023-24523 with a CVSS score of 8.8. It could impact availability, confidentiality, and integrity. An unauthenticated non-admin user with local access to a server port assigned to the SAP host agent can submit a specially crafted. It's a bit more harder to take advantage of that simply because you would need a non-admin user with local access to a server port to do that. But nonetheless, doesn't dismiss it. The additional CVEs that were patched on information disclosure vulnerability CVE 2023-0020 and an unrestricted file upload bug CVE 2023-24530 have all been reserved as well. The remaining 21 notes deal with a medium severity vulnerabilities in products like Solution Manager, GRC Process Control, Fiora, Hanna, NetWeaver, Business Planning and Consolidation, Business Objects, and CRM Web Client UI. You want to get those taken care of as well. Citrix also announced their patches for severe vulnerabilities in virtual apps and desktops, as well as in workspace apps for Windows and Linux. Track the CVE 2023-24483, the virtual app and desktop vulnerabilities described as a privilege escalation issue that allows an attacker with access to a Windows VDA and, and a standard Windows user to elevate privileges to system. The security defects impacts all Citrix virtual apps and desktop versions before 20 uh, before 2212, as well as long-term service release LTSR versions 2203 before CU2 and 1912 before CU6. So Citrix also addressed two bugs in the workspace app for Windows, which could be chain elevate privileges and perform actions as system user. The first is CVE 2023-24484. The other is 24485. One allows the attacker to write logs to a directory that don't have permission to write logs to. The second one allows them to escalate privileges. Uh, three other additional vulnerabilities impact the workspace app versions before 2212-2203 LTSR, before CU2, and those are tracked to CVE 2023-24486. The vulnerability resolves this week uh, in the workspace app for Linux that could allow an attacker to take over another user's session. So a lot of updates on the Citrix side. And Sis has already said um, that an attacker could exploit these vulnerabilities to take over an impacted system. So something to keep in mind. IBM also issued their patch Tuesday. It does not end. It's like they've all decided that on one day we all have to just do this. The security hole, which is being tracked to CVE 2022-479-86 and classified as high severity, is a YAML deserialization flaw that can be exploited by a remote attacker for arbitrary code execution using specially Sorry, specially crafted API calls. The issue was discovered by researchers at Attack Surface Management Forum Asset Node and reported to IBM in October of last year. IBM released the patch and informed customers about its existence in January. Roughly a week after the IBM advisory was published, uh, Asset Note published a blog post detailing the vulnerability, explaining that an unauthenticated attacker can exploit CVE 2022-479 or 866 to execute arbitrary commands on a targeted Aspera FastPasks server. So... Nonetheless, another uh, patch there. Um, we'll go to ICS. And so Siemens published yesterday 13 new advisories covering 86 vulnerabilities. The most significant based on the CVSS score of 10 is a memory corruption issue that can lead to a denial of service condition or arbitrary code execution in the Cosmos plant engineering software. The vulnerability was identified by Siemens's own employees, which... Um, discovered the vulnerability self-report and, and their own team self-reported 544 vulnerabilities in 2022 up from 230 in the previous year 
uh, previous year, I'm sorry. Siemens also patched roughly a dozen critical and high severity vulnerabilities in its brownfield connectivity product. Exploitation of the flaws can lead to a denial of service condition as well. Um, Schneider Electric has published three advisories covering 10 vulnerabilities. One advisory describes nine high and medium severity issues discovered in the company's Struxware data center expert monitoring software. Exploitation of the vulnerabilities can lead to remote code and command execution or privilege escalation. So ICS has not been saved from this as well. Red Eye hackers are using a new malware to steal data from Windows and devices. The APT37 threat group uses a new evasive M2 rat malware and steganography to target individuals for intelligence connections. APT37, known as Red Eyes and Scarecroft, is a North Korean espionage hacking group believed to be state-supported, obviously, and probably backed by the Chinese. Don't be surprised there at all. Um, for persistence on the system, the malware adds a new value in the run registry key with commands execute a PowerShell script via command.exe, the same command that was also seen in the Kaspersky report about APT37. The M2, backdoor, the M2 rat backdoor acts as a basic remote access trojan that performs key logging, data theft, command execution, and taking screenshots. The screenshot snapping function is activated periodically, works autonomously without requiring a specific operator command. So that's the advancement in this one. Another interesting feature of the M2 RAT is that it uses a shared memory section for command and control communication, BitXFill, and the direct transfer of stolen data to the C2 without storing them in the compromised system. In conclusion, they're refreshing their tool sets. And finally, S4 Miami. Thanks to Dale Peterson and team for putting on an unbelievable first day yesterday. Some of the most and smartest people I've met uh, are here in Miami um, just the showmanship, um, the amount of uh, community around this is unbelievable. I've always said the cybersecurity community is barn on the best community on the planet. And uh, there's no lie. I got to see my good buddy, James McQuiggan from No Before here um, yesterday as well his, in his past before he joined No Before. For those who don't know, he was part of Siemens. So um, we had some very, very interesting conversation around um, the introduction of new devices into critical infrastructure around the partnership to secure them around um, how do we start to look at and, and secure legacy uh, equipment, some great talks from some unbelievable speakers. And here shortly after I finish this recording, I'll be joining uh, um, uh, and attending a few more speaking sessions. I'll be talking about those tomorrow as well. Uh, if S4 isn't on your radar for events to attend, I, I, I honestly think you're missing out if you're i mean one location miami who could ever not say a bad word about miami uh, miami beach here is just magnificent um and and the partners here the security partners here that, that i've met with and spoken with have just been uh, absolutely amazing um very very smart people a a very very great conference so uh put this on your radar for for 2024 if, if you're not attending uh, or didn't plan on it. That's it for our show this morning. Tomorrow, I'll be back in the studio giving you the latest and greatest. Until then, have a great rest of your day. And from beautiful 80-degree weather Miami, I bid y'all a farewell and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.